All right, guys, so thanks for joining us on the post-match. If you just jumped in with us, we have Mark Anthony Souza back with us, Scott Bradford over here. I'm Casey J. Thanks for tuning in. There's been a lot of matches that's happened over the last week since we last talked to you on one of these podcasts. We played Rio Grande Valley, New Mexico United, and Orange County. Uh, for me, this is three games that we needed to get at least four to, if not more, points from. And only getting the one point was not good enough. Uh, disappointing say month all around let's just jump into it what do you think about these three games like what what are some of the key problems you think we're having right now yeah these are three games against teams below us in the standings we had a good chance to separate uh, but we lose two one at home and then we get a draw on the road uh, unfortunately I just think it's a terrible run I think it's absolutely terrible to get one point from three teams who are just not very good teams I mean yeah New Mexico currently holds a playoff spot, Orange County, maybe they could sneak in, but I mean, it's one thing to play the Phoenixes, the Fresnos, the Renos, the Portlands, but to come away with one point in those three fixtures and a soft spot of the schedule, it's just not good enough. Absolutely. Your thought on the first, like the last three games, just to kind of a general keep Well, I mean, heartbreakers, I mean, two of them were just like, one was last minute, one was last two minutes, I mean, it just shows, okay, is our defense now kind of given in like that's our strong point now is this I mean if your offense and defense goes what do you got left yeah and literally our half our defense Cohen just left so I mean what's what's next so it's the way they lost um it feels like a, a one nil or something like that and they scored like in the 36 minute we were trying to get back in it or it was yeah. a two one but it's the way they couldn't they cracked under pressure basically so that's even more concerning was when you can't hold on like literally one more minute, literally, and he couldn't do that, and then from there on out, I mean, and then OC, um, I did see an improvement, I was physically there, so I did, I see them, the guys were in the game and whatnot, um, I didn't like that uh, Elliot kind of held them back the last 10 minutes when he saw, okay, this isn't going anywhere, they're not scoring on us, we're not scoring on them, so let's just, let's just hold on to what we can get, and when you've lost the previous two games, I disagree yeah. Um, it was it was a rough last three games, but out of the last six, we've only won one. Now, we would say Reno and Fresno, you're probably going to lose. Those are two good teams right now. We're not necessarily playing the best. But losing to Rio Grande Valley, New Mexico United, and OC was especially bad for me, and I've kind of talked about it. But losing that two points on the road after missed chances and the opportunities we had in Orange County, that's what really disappointed me. And I see that as two points lost. Would you say one point on the road was good enough in Orange County? No, no, not in a game like that where, I mean, we should have scored three or four goals. Yeah. Uh, it should have been a comfortable win, you know. Of course, they missed a big opportunity. Uh, they had one breakaway that they missed, but, man, you're looking at three, four big, big chances that went, that went wrong. And you just can't do that kind of stuff, especially on, you know, on the road. And... Just to get a point, you almost feel fortunate that at that point because you don't score, and you're thinking like, hey, if we don't score, we're probably not getting anything from this game. So that's been our luck recently. Yeah, no, it's absolutely not good enough. Not good enough at all. Scott, one point on the road, good enough? No? Yes? Maybe? In this situation, obviously no. If we would have won against Rio Grande Valley or New Mexico, got another point. That's four points out of three games, I could see it, okay, you're on the road, you're supposed to tie on the road, win home. But if you're not winning home, guess what? You need to win somewhere. That's why I was more upset when we went for that tie late in the game. Like, 
It's like, coach, we're falling behind. We need to start catching up sometime. I know it's mid-season. You know, you do have the time, but then it's going to turn into, okay, you can't start pushing for for ties, you know, later on in the season. So why not go for it now instead of waiting to see, oh, maybe we can push for ties later in the season. Yeah. Let's just go for those wins now so we don't put ourselves in that situation in the first place. Absolutely. I've talked about it. If you want to be a top team, you have to beat the teams below you. And this isn't, in my opinion, a tough game on the road. It's not a far travel. It's not like we're traveling halfway across the country to play Orange County. Uh, it's in an environment where the guys train it. The weather was nice, so there's none of that kind of element to it. To me, this was just points dropped. Uh, Honestly, it's just been disappointing all around for me the last few seasons, but this game was a little bit better for me. There was some positives, and mostly just the press for me out of this game was the only positive I took. Um, I think one of the big problems we've seen recently is we can't clean, clean sheets anymore. We started talking about our defensive and how good we were early defensively, but the, the manager has kind of switched things around. We can't keep a consistent lineup in the back. Uh, we've seen Kynan kind of back off on players and not do as good as he has. What are some of the defensive woes that we're looking at, and what are some of the ways that maybe we should solve these? Or do you think it just is time stuff? Yeah, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I think Kynan's playing too much. Too much. Uh, we have a good defender, Horace, sitting on the bench, who I think is a better player at this moment in time. Kynan, you know, he has experience, he has the history, but... You know, he's also a little long in the tooth, and we see him get beat on 1v1s consistently now. He consistently sinks in too far into his box, allowing players to get good shots on goal, and he's given up a couple of those. We saw that in New Mexico especially. You know, he's also gotten a red card for us. Like, like you know, he, he has, I get the leadership aspect, I get the experience, but you can't sacrifice quality for experience or leadership. And I think that we have a guy like Horace, we have a guy like Mahoney, sitting on the bench and both of those players have definitely been big for us when they've gotten called upon so I want to see Kynan first and foremost removed from the starting lineup at least he shouldn't be a regular uh, as for the rest of the defense I don't see any problems I mean obviously the, sh the difference from Cohen to Diaz is monumental I mean let's be honest we're going from a top two or three USL keeper to a backup keeper yeah, that's a big. That's going to always be a big drop, and it's not a knock against Diaz. It's just reality. So there's nothing you could do there. I'd like to see the team bring in another keeper. We know that we're. This is the loan and uh, transfer period going on right now. So maybe an MLS team that has three or four keepers sends one out. I think that Donovan should definitely be on the phone looking for a, a better option there. At least someone to come in and compete. Because right now we have Diaz and we have a 16-year-old backup. Absolutely. Scott, I mean, we've seen a lot of inconsistency overall with our squad, but I think inconsistency in the back line especially hurts a team because you don't get that chemistry. Do you think the inconsistency is hurting us? And if so, who do you think should be in? Like Wait, Mark? I'm absolutely with Mark. Uh, watch it firsthand, kind of back off, back off. If you guys almost in your six-yard box, you're still backing off. I mean, just give them the goal light on show. So, absolutely. Um, also, I'd like to go. I would replace Horace with kind you know kind with Horace um, and then I actually was talking to Horace about this um, I was like dude why aren't you getting in whatever what is the coach gonna try something he's talking about going three in the back and then letting him he has midfield experience let him roam up a little bit so we uh, saw we got, that we against got, Portland and we won yeah, yeah. so we he played he played that center back exactly. but it was definitely it was more of a defensive midfielder in the attack exactly the one, so, the one time the coach changed the formation because when you're yeah when you're, when you're struggling on attack 
you need to go towards that. Our defense, all, I mean, majority has been has been good. We just saw a lot, we got a clean sheet last game, so we know the defense is still there. Even if we don't play 100%, defense is still there. Barahona's huge pickup. Yeah. I love seeing him in there. I mean, you got options. Gomez, obviously. I think him or Curry kind of interchangeable. They're kind of similar style. I would give the nod to Gomez, though. He's a little bit faster. Um, I like his experience as well with the team. And then uh, you can't touch Tainter. I mean, you, you, you got to leave him in there. But I, so I have seen him get beat on speed, though. I've seen guys go right by him, but he's he's aggressive. He'll slide tackle. Right. He'll get back into play. So He's I like got a that great long him. pass, too. And the pass, yeah, his, yeah. his ability to play over the top and out to the wings like Gomez and Barahona when they're playing, or even give it up to the Bonomo up top to hold that play up, that's something that a lot of our other uh, center backs don't have, so yeah. that's why I think he starts to. But yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, I think the inconsistency has killed us a lot, and I think that's been a problem all around. You need to find your best two, especially this far in the season, and the, you need to stick with them. Because center backs and, and the outside backs, they need to play coherent, uh, a coherent game. And if you keep changing around and you're not letting guys get the minutes together, I think that hurts all together. And that's the coach for me, making some bad decisions, not knowing what he's doing. Uh, I think it's still him being a young coach. I think uh, I would welcome three in the back. I, I really would. I would and too. Then, yeah. And then you could you could play Barahona as one of the wing backs, and then McCrary and Gomez on the other side. Uh, we saw it against Portland. That was our best game that we played in our last six. Yeah. We controlled the game. We created chance. It wasn't a perfect game by no means, but I thought it was a better look to our team. It was suited to our players better. Yeah. So. You know, there's there's no, I guess, reason not to try it. And our next opponent, San Antonio, started off the season terribly. About a month and a half ago, they switched to a three-back system, and they've been on fire. They do a 3-4-2-1, I think it is, like a Christmas so, tree. We should try it then. I mean, because we're basically where they, we've swapped spots, basically. They're gaining, we're losing, so let's just take a page from their book. And we got, like I said, we got the guy to do it. Like, Cars can do it. So last year we tried three in the back against Reno in the U.S. Open Cup. We won. So we've had good results. It's just is the coach is he too stubborn, too hard-headed to? We talked about. Go I would say him. yes. And we'll so. talk about that a little bit later when we talk about more about the coaching and his effect on this team. Um, Mark answered this already for us, but I want to get your opinion on it. So Diaz for me has gotten better over yes. the last few games that he started. Yes. He looked real nervous that first game against yeah. Rio Grande. But ever since then, he has looked a better keeper in my mind. Mark obviously doesn't think he's a starter, still thinks we need to go and get us a new player. What do you think? Yeah. Is he a starter? Is the 16-year-old no. backup good enough, or do no. we need to go no, to we got to go get a starter. I mean, some of those, I mean, they're a point-blank shot, so there's nothing he can do about those. I did see progress, uh, the OC game. He was, I mean, yeah. Stuff was hectic. He was there. He was getting hands on on balls. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do as keeper. But it's. I mean, there's Cohen. Then he's down here somewhere. So I mean, you need to get someone somewhere close. The, to the problem is, is that even if you think Diaz is good enough for the first, to be our first string, who is replacing him? He gets yeah. hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We have, Are we going to bring on the academy kid? Yeah, we have an academy kid backing up our starter right now. 16 years old, and he looks every bit of 16 yeah, years old. Like, yeah, he's not absolutely. going to put us in playoff contention. We need, we expect, as a fan base, higher quality than that. We expect to have, we always know we have, we don't have the, the biggest roster, but we expect the roster to be filled with quality. Maybe not quantity, but filled with quality. So, 
I think that it would be a big red flag if we see only Diaz as our keeper for the rest yeah, of the no. season. I completely agree. I, I think Diaz has done great, and credit to the guy to come on in a tough situation oh, yeah. where critics are on his back automatically, and he is doing better, so credit to him. But I think he does need a backup my, uh, minimum, but I think a full-time number one has to be bought and brought in if we want to be a serious team going forward. Yes. Um, I don't have it on my notes, but I do want to talk about the midfield. I think it's the most consistent part of our game right now. Now, to say that, it's still not good, and we're like not connecting passes well enough and things like that. But we'll just touch on it real quick and not spend too much time on it. Is it the most consistent part of our game right now, do you think? Or? Yeah, especially in the defensive midfield. Um, I see guys like Sari, Skundrich. If they lose, we lose the ball, they're right there to get it. There's no lack of hustle, um, and majority of the time, they do get it back. It's... So when we get beat, it's usually with some aerial, some over the top, some going around the outside. Yeah, They're not bringing it straight up the gut always. Those guys are always there. So the defensive midfield, I would say, being more consistent offensive midfield. That's as, we know, well, as we've seen, I mean, if you're not scoring anything, I mean, that's, that's kind of on you. Yeah, absolutely. The forward, so. 100%. Yeah, Mark, what do you think? Is the, is the uh, our midfield been our best part of us right now? Yeah, I mean, by default. <laughs> I mean, At a very low bar set. Sorry has been good. I think Villarreal has been pretty good. Um, but still, I mean, the other midfielder, we haven't found a consistent presence there. Skundrich had a run. Partain's been getting back yeah. into it. Uh, I still don't think it's consistent, even if it's the most consistent part of it. Yeah, absolutely, and, and hands down. But when I was doing my match build out here where I was going to talk about things, I skipped the, the, the midfield because it was like, okay, well, it's good enough that I don't have anything to gripe about necessarily, but it's not good enough that it's been performing well either. If I can say anything, the passing has been the worst. There are some real loose passes and other than that, but I mean, yeah. fairly well. I mean, our that best players are OC all coming out of our midfield. ugly in terms of passing the ball. But our top players, Sari, Warner, and Iwasa, uh, unfortunately with Iwasa, are all coming out of the midfield right now. And so that, for me, was that. So I just will move on. Uh, the obvious big glaring problem with the team is our attacking woes that we're currently having. And that's just not putting the ball in the net. We talked about it. At Orange County, we should be up 3-0 easily. Easily up 3-0 at some points. And, um, yeah, we can't do it. Let's just talk about it. Mark, why don't you dive in on, yeah, the, on the attacking so, woes? Uh, I mean, Awasa's got nine goals and three assists. Sam Warner's got five goals and three assists. Other than that... The attacking has been terrible. I think we can all agree to that. Yeah. Bonomo, Bijev, and Blackwood, they have played 2,700 minutes together, the three. Not, not all at the same time, but 2,700 total minutes, 28 starts. Those three players combined have three goals and two assists. That would be poor just for one of them. Yeah, absolutely. So collectively, the three of them, I mean... It's an abomination. And you know what? Like We like these guys... We root for them. We want them to do well, but it's it's a lack of consistency. Uh, you know, I mean, Bijev hasn't scored yet. Blackwood has scored once, and that was a uh, you know in the Vegas loss, a, a meaningless goal, really. I mean, honestly, it was. It was I mean, 90 yeah. plus minute, and we weren't. It wasn't to tie the game or it win. It was a consolation. Uh, you know, Bonamos had a couple, but it's just been. It's been absolutely terrible. You know, it's been absolutely terrible. We hope it changes, but uh, it's hard to it's hard to give Elliot flack in that regard because, like, we can say, well, we want to see 
Bijev played 90 every game, but none of these guys are earning 90s every game. If you cannot produce in 60 or 70, then it's hard for me to start you the next game if you don't have a history of doing well. So we need one, probably two of these guys to really come back and step up and produce. Yeah. Uh, Scott, why don't you dive in a little more on our attacking woes so far this season? Well, I mean, like, there was promise, like the OC game, three missed chances, uh, two of them, well, there's even, I think, five chances. Uh, Skundrich went for a ball. He missed it literally by an inch. Shane on, on a header. Uh, and then, uh, who else was it? I think it was, well, Blackwoods was just a plain old miss. Yeah. Uh, Iwasa, when your best player is missing a breakaway. Alamon like, missed one inside the missed, Yeah, so, I mean, some, I mean, it was just like an, an inch away. So, I mean, they were there. That's half of it. You got to be there to score. But then, yeah, the absolute, the absolute last touch is the big problem. We can build up. We can get into the situation. But, I mean, breakaway, miss. You got facing up with the keeper, miss. Bottom will trying to ship over the keeper when he's literally standing right <laughs> on the line. I don't know what that was all about. But, uh, I guess he tried. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the last touch. And it's not always about stats. I don't care how we get there, as long as Watson Werner, if they score all of them, fine, as long as we get there. Absolutely. I don't care if BJF doesn't get, you know, another three, four goals, whatever, but if he can create, those don't show up on the stat line. When you create something, that's what he's known for, creating. Absolutely. It gets, got like Werner or Iwasa open, like, drawing that attention to him, you know, because he, he's got the dribbling skills. Get those guys open, and we know they're finishers. Those are our two solid finishers. So if we can get it to them, I mean, I'll take it if he gets no goals the rest of the year, but if he creates for those other guys and we're still scoring, it's still a point, you know, whether he scores it or who else scores it, so. Well, yeah, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I agree with you on the fact that it doesn't matter who puts the ball in the net. The fact is we're not putting the ball in the net. And the most telling thing about that is you look back at the stats of these games, and I know stats can be deceiving and whatnot, but we're putting more shots on target and more shots overall, period. It's just our shots on target are straight at the keeper. Our shots off target are like open sitters that went a mile wide. So teams are beating us, yeah, with less shots on target, less shots, period. They're beating us with less possession. They're beating us with less corners. But we're not taking the chances that we have. And for me, that's a lot of that is on the players. You can get in the good position. The manager can do everything he can to get you in the right positions. If you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, that's what you're paid to do, and you're failing at your job, in my opinion, on that one. And I think we've seen that. We've seen the inconsistency. Iwasa scores three goals, doesn't score for four games. Then he gets another goal, doesn't score for four games. We have guys like Bijev that aren't scoring at all. You know, these are guys that are being paid to put the ball in the net, and that's just harsh for me. That's You can uh, you can kick clean sheets all day. You're not going to win games if you don't score goals. Yeah. This is it, really. That's what it comes down to. Um, the new signing, does that come in? Does he bring new life in? Uh, De Riusz Formella? I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Is going to come in. A Polish player Darius has been signed. Darus Familia. Formella. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we don't know much about him. I don't know much about him. I tried to look him up, and he's got a few years in the Polish league. It looks like he's got some good experience. He has won the league over there. Um, so that's a positive. I don't know much about the Polish league myself. But he looks like a player that can come in and affect it. Is he a player, Mark, that you think is going to come well, in? Well, what we do know is that he's an attacking player. He has uh, versatility. He can be played as a winger. He's played striker. I'm not sure how our team plans on using him. But, man, we do need a shot in the arm for our attack. So I can't imagine that he would be a bad thing. Uh, hopefully he can 
be that other player. Maybe you get Awasa and Warner to continue what they've been doing, and then you get a Bijev to maybe break out, or a Blackwood, and then you add Dariush Formilla. If he can bring something, it would be much needed. Uh, it's obviously the part of our team that needs the most improvement. So, hey, uh, six foot, so good size. Looks like he's got some decent pace from what we know. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I mean, Barahona coming in was that mid-season signing as well, and it has seemed to pay off. He does look good. What do you think about this new guy coming in? I'm curious to see, well, obviously we don't know much about him, but um, who will he maybe, it's not so much individual stats, how the, what size or how fast they are or whatever. And sometimes it comes down, you can have a ragtag group of guys. If they have great chemistry, it could, it could, it could be skill, individual skill any day. So I'd like to put him in there, try him with, okay, him on one side, if he's going to be winger, him on one side, Bjev on the other, or him on one side, Warner on the other. Those two guys could work together. And then how does he work up with Iwasa? Iwasa's going to be there regardless. So he's got to work with Iwasa. You're not taking him out. Does he work better with Manu up top? Does he work better with Blackwood up top? What combo? And if we, hopefully we can find it fast and then get some consistency going into the end of the season playoffs. And if he's a, you know, a, every game starter, so be it. So um, I'm just curious chemistry-wise, like Barahona right now, I'm seeing um, But do we have any chemistry for the guys that are currently playing? Well, the guys <laughs> right mean, now that like, are together, we're I don't think they have scoring chemistry. goals, you yeah, know they what don't I mean? I, I see what you're saying, but he wouldn't be replacing Awasa or Warner. I mean, exactly, let's be realistic. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Awasa's so, always going to be in there. Yes, I see what you're saying about chemistry, because that is important. It is important to build those uh, relationships with players on the field. Absolutely. But what's the worst that could happen? We throw him out there and he doesn't score any goals for us yeah, or create chances and we're in the same spot, Can't do right? any worse than the current guys, right? Uh, <laughs> me, personally, I saw that Sacramento Republic had him. We're only him. laughing because it's really sad. Yeah. You know, it's really sad. Me, personally, the Republic <laughs> did have him listed as a forward, and to me, that's the spot we're in right now. So he is listed on the Wikipedia over there as a midfielder, but I hope we do use him as a forward because that's where we need him the most. And if he can get there and use his experience to get in and get us a few goals, even if that's poach goals, like let Warner, let Bijev take some shots, let any him get goals. on the rebounds. Yeah, we'll take anything any at this goal point, we can get. we'll take it. I think that's where he's most needed. But unfortunately, we don't have a lot. If you guys know more about him, put your comments below. We'd love to hear about it. I don't know too much about the guy, but hopefully he can come in and be like Barahona, where we do see positive change from him coming in and maybe adding more competition to a, a spot that doesn't have enough at this Agreed. point, maybe. Agreed. So, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting seeing him come in and maybe that does build us something new. All right, guys, so we're going to continue on with the coaching and the playing and how everything just hasn't been gelling. For me, I've talked about it with some other people, and I just think Elliot's not working out. I don't think he knows the right players. I don't think he has the answers for changing up tactics and things like that. I am one that hates to jump to the hashtag Elliot out uh, right away, but I think we've given him enough opportunity, and he hasn't found a key to make changes that are going to be right for this team right now. He puts the same formation out with different players. It doesn't work. The one time he did do a different formation, we get a win, he changes right back immediately after that. So it worries me. I'll start over on Scott with this one. Scott, is the coach the right coach for this team right now? If so, yes. If not, why? I'd say right now, yes. We need, we need, our thing is we're not finding consistency on the field. If you want to change your consistency off the field now, yours going to be a hot mess. We're going to end up, just call us Tacoma or whatever. I mean, because, I mean, you need that consistency. Yeah, he may not be the best choice or whatever, but 
take whatever you can while you can. So, um, like, I wouldn't do, do anything with him right now. I mean, obviously, we saw the formation changes, how it did pay off. Um, we can't tell him what to do. He's the guy that's getting paid the bucks to, you know, make the call. So, all you do is hope that he makes that call by, okay, go back to, like, that, that three, the three-man back, let, you know, Harsh whoever wander. Um, seeing the results, but maybe it's up to the assistants to maybe do some digging, like seeing what we're seeing right now, and maybe put their, they have some power, put their two cents in. But um, right now, I mean, I don't think he's a bad coach. It just needs to get some consistency with the team. And we saw we were high on him last year. We got second place. I mean, he just came in. I, I'm going to put it out that I was never high on him last year either. Okay. I gave him the excuse that it wasn't his team last and year. And look what he did. He got and second. Yeah, but and, and so. But now he's got his guys and it's eleven. Yeah. So. So you, I understand keeping him in. So how many more poor performances does he get before you change your mind on that? Say well, three more losses in the row. Well, no, I wouldn't. I'm not a big fan of getting uh, sacking coaches in the middle of the season. So you keep him to the end, no matter what. Keep him to the end. A lot of times, when a coach gets sacked, a new getting, coach comes in and the team has the spark. It's called the bump. Some, yeah. Sometimes, new coach. A lot bump. of times. Sometimes. I would I mean, say. No, I would I mean, say most often. Not saying that it's sustainable, but yeah. A lot. Most often, you replace a coach mid-season, that team goes up. It depends on the players are revolts. Like if you start seeing players speak out about him or like have negative attitudes, the players look like they're him. having a good time. Well, and we'll jump onto that. Let's let's hold off on that. Let's get Mark's opinion first on whether we keep Elliot right. or not, and then we'll jump onto yeah. the players. All right. So. so, so we don't know what kind of control Elliot has had in the evaluation process or what the front office thinks of him. What we do know, the players. There's a lot of players out of form. Usually when there's a lot of players out of form, it really brings in the idea that there's a lot of unrest in the squad. Players aren't having fun. When you're not having fun, you're not connecting on chances. You're not defending tightly. I mean, we see it. It's not one or two players. It's the whole team. That just seems like they're out of sorts. Another thing we know about Elliot, he is not a coach that plays a very attractive style. So if you're not winning and you're playing a very ugly game, it leads to a lot of criticism. When you play ugly and win, Jose Mourinho, for example, no one says anything. But when you start losing, the performances are dull, you're not scoring goals, then it becomes a problem. So, you know, it's hard to say who's, I guess, at fault. But at the end of the day, the coach runs the team. And it doesn't seem like he is inspiring the players. And also, when you talk about tactics, we certainly don't see him try anything different. Yeah. And for me, if you're not, if your players aren't working, you keep switching them out, but you keep the same system, the same tactics. Like, you gotta show me as a fan, as a paying customer, that you're trying to make something happen here. That you're trying to change the results. We saw it with Portland, a formation change, three in the back. Uh, Did I think it was our best game? No. Did I think it was a little bit ugly? Yes. Did we win? Did we keep a clean sheet? And then we go right back to the 4-2-3-1, and we can't score, and then we give up goals. So, yeah, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but we need to see results. And we expect, as a fan base, to not just squeak by into the playoffs. We expect to be one of the premier clubs every game. We expect to win every game. We won't win every game, but we expect no matter if we're playing at home, 
or we're playing away. It doesn't matter if we're playing Phoenix or we're playing Tacoma. We expect to win, and we don't feel that right now. So something's got to change. Yeah, and actually, you touched on a key thing for me, and it's the coach's inability to change tactics, not just when things aren't working, but you need to think about your opponent. And you need a coach that's changing tactics, whether that's the players in a formation or not. But when the coach changes the players, it never seems to be tactic. It just seems to be, I don't know what's working, so I'm going to throw these guys on. Let's try this player yeah. in this position. Instead of making tactical changes game to game, he's just throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks. So it's not just formation. It's not even just players. It's how you go about a game. And this coach has no answers for that for me. But we, you are leading on it too. But for me, you also put a little blame on the players here. If players aren't in form and they're not adhering to a coach's formation, how much is that on the coach and how much is that on players? And right now it's hard to tell because we have players that aren't playing very well. I mean, could you agree? Is this more on the players maybe in that aspect because you were talking about keeping the coach around? Well, yeah, I mean, they're ultimately the ones, especially the problems that we're having out are putting the ball in the net. Simon can't go out there and put the ball in the net for them. Absolutely. He can get them in the formation to get them to that point. So I would say, actually, players, 75% of the blame, 25% on the coach. 25% uh, on him because you found a system you were winning at and you've had results, but you go back to it or you're just throwing players in. 75% on the players, mostly the attacking, <laughs> you literally have to just kick the ball in the goal. You have you and the keeper. That's, as in a forward, I play that all my life. Dream scenario. You should hit that at least, you know, eight or nine times out of ten, especially it's point blank, um, and we're missing point blank chances. So um, I'm going to have to lean to more towards the players, but I mean, as we all know, the potential is there. It's just do they want to actually finish the job now? Yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I mean, it's it's tough to say because the players are getting an opportunities to score. Exactly. And with that, you have to say the formation is somewhat working to their advantage. But then when you see the overall sloppiness of the game as a whole and how those chances are created, it's still not good enough as a whole performance either. And that's what leads me more to the coach. You need to be tactically wise to use the players to their best to benefit. And I feel like that's not always taking place, in my opinion. The only thing I'll say to that is we had chances against OC. We were able to expose their back line and get in behind them, but I don't know if we've been creating a ton of chances all season. Yeah, we've two or three a game. We've, we've had a bad conversion rate, of course. So there have been chances where you know guys like Bonomo have missed, where you're like, how, you know? But we haven't. It hasn't been consistent every game where we're creating more chances than our opponent. I would say a lot of games it's 50-50, or maybe our opponent has some. Even in the Portland game. And one, one of our la the one game in the last six that we did win, Portland could have scored a couple times. Mahoney cleared the one off the line. Cohen came yeah. up with a huge save. I mean, I, I, I see the, the argument with you put the players in the position, but players are out of form. No one looks like they're having fun. You see guys put their head down. Yeah, you see, yeah. yeah, it's they're not playing for the crest and like. A lot of times you got to go back to like, what's practice like? What what are they doing off the field as a team? What kind of team building is going on? How much confidence do they have in the coach? Do they think they're going to play the next game? Like, are they going into the next game like, I'm getting my opportunity? Or, man, we'll see what happens this game if I get picked or not. And then are they slumping on the sideline? Are they putting their head down? Bringing the morale of the team down. We saw at the beginning of the season how we would score some goals. Like when Villarreal scored. Yeah. You remember the whole team. And I know that was big for him personally, 
But like, I don't they see that. They seemed excited about it when they scored. Yeah. I don't see that. I see Absolutely. us making errors defensively because it's like that lack of that extra 5%, you know? Absolutely, 100%. And, and it's those little things that make the biggest difference. And for me, it starts at the top. If it was one or two players out of form, if it was just Bonomo and Bijev who couldn't score and everybody else is playing well, I'd say, you know what? Maybe those players need to sit. But, man, I look around. I look at our last game. I see seven, eight guys that are not playing well. Yeah. I see Kamawasa yeah. playing A whole the worst that he's ever played game. for our team. I mean, you know. Well, they're missing that flair. That's the one thing I was also noticing. When we get in those games where we're winning, you know, four ones or whatever, I saw I saw guys go for nutmegs. I saw guys do, yeah. have some shimmies. And now it's just like straightforward the pass. There. Yeah, there's, I mean, they're not incorporating that into the game at all. I mean, you... It is a game. You play games to have fun. If you're not having fun, guess, I mean, at least have fun with it. I mean, if you're going to tie or lose a one goal, hey, give me a nutmeg or a bicycle attempt. If you want to get us interested, if you want to I'll just take goals. I'll just take goals. I'll just take goals. A 0 0 tie, hey, I'd rather talk about, you know, oh, he almost had that bicycle kick or something like that, or you see that nutmeg when he went by that guy, and then just like, okay, we just tied, we just went up and down the field and missed some chances. Like, there needs to be a little bit of spark, flair, get us talking as fans. I mean, okay, we're in love to play, nothing to get excited about, but if we just some sort of energy, some sort of something gets us excited, we get excited, they can feed off of it, they get excited, and who knows where it can go from there, but there's like zero flair, creativity, I mean, it's really lacking. So. This has been a couple months where it's been real hard for the supportership, especially going out to the live games. You kind of seen the dip where people aren't coming out just because of how loud. poor the performance is. TVB's not even that loud. I yeah, so it's, it's fashion, but they weren't. Yeah, it, it's just been disappointing overall recently with that. Um, but before we get too deep into loud, let's move on. I also want to talk about we do have some exciting MLS gossip coming around the corner. They were just going to announce it, I think, but they had a board meeting here. I'll hand it over to Mark. I think you know a little bit more about this, and we'll kind of put in our two cents. Yep. So. Yeah, so MLS will be announcing uh, a team, sounds like, you know, we, we've heard this before, yes, but uh, by the end of the month, uh, Commissioner Don Garber will be making a trip out to Sacramento, which is good news, because as we know, when MLS announcements are made, they are made in the city of the team that's trying to be in, so... They'll that eventually. Yes, so there, there won't be like an expansion... Uh, franchise awarded to us while he's in Florida, you know, so it is a positive step. I know a lot of fans are cynical at this point. A lot of fans have every right to be, hey, wait and see. We've heard this before, but hey, this is the first year in Republic's existence where they've had a legitimate MLS bid because previously the financial capital wasn't there. So our bids, yes, we had a fun fan base and we were an exciting market, but we didn't have the whale. This year, we have the whale. So I think fans should be a little bit more optimistic just because we've never had a bid like this. So the last four years don't matter. The last four years, the promises and all that doesn't matter. The new ownerships come in. You know, they've put the money on the table. It's time for MLS to make a decision. Now, if MLS spurns us this time, then fans have every right to bash Garber and that whole process. But I think that Republic fans should remain positive and just be cognizant of the fact that this is the first time that we actually have a legitimate bid that can compete with the other franchises. And the other two in contention for bids, St. Louis and Charlotte, we're not bidding against them. 
We're bidding against ourselves. All three can get a get an expansion spot. MOS is at 27. They plan to go to 30. So we'll see what happens. I guess there's in the room next 30 for days. everybody. I guess by the uh, the end of August, we'll know our future. Yeah, I'm a hopeful optimistic. Um, I am been burnt, like you talked about. I'm one of those fans that are just Jeez. like, I don't want to hear anything else about it until it's 100. Until Garber's here making the goddamn announcement. Well, I, don't, I don't care about all the other rumors you and bullshit. You should go talk to him when he's here. When you know he's here, go give him a, go give him a visit. I will not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but it does look more promising than ever. So I do have to say my hopes are up that this is going to happen this time. But yeah, that little bit of jadedness that I have about we it just does are. Our fan base is very but, jaded. Well, but what also worries me now is, like, with us losing and, and the fan base going down overall, the transition's going to be even harder unless we get some, some momentum built back up now. No one so will care, though. I'm if really, they get the bid, no one will get no I'm one. really hoping MLS will give us another push back <laughs> in here because, uh, like we said before, we have kind of seen a lower turnout recently. What would but, you rather have? Us make the playoffs and not get MLS, or us miss the playoffs and get MLS? Miss the playoffs and get yep. MLS. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, disappointing. Don't get me wrong. But, I I we'll hate take, the fact. We'll take it. Right? I would hate the fact that we would ignore the season now for future because what's we important to me both. now matters. We can give both. We can make the playoffs and get MLS. That's the attitude we need to have. It's. I'm like I said. I'm hopeful, but let's keep our <laughs> fingers crossed and just like not get too hyped up about it. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I've held off. I haven't been a fan of no MLS team. I'm like, Sacramento will have one, and then I will finally have an MLS team. So I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. You're not going to yeah. whatever. I, yeah, I yeah. got work. I work nights, so I can't be Well, you can do that. both. You can watch 4.30 in the morning and uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. Or, that's what I do. And then, yeah, you can be at the field. And we'll I be at our new stadium in yeah, 2022. I have to watch You just need a nap in between, but you're good to go. Regardless, even if we finish poorly, if we get that MLS bid, I take a look at the Kings. The Kings have been garbage for how long now? But we got over up with that Golden One Center. The thing was packed. Like it doesn't matter. It's something new for the city. It's I mean even people that are like casual fans. Oh, look, and I saw the we've all and seen the it pictures. Would be it looks so cool. It would be fucking glorious. All right. So it, it'll it'll just be it'll be it'll be sold out. I mean regardless for, for at least the first season maybe. Exactly. But Every single that, game forever. Will let's be sold give it out. let's give it a couple seasons and see if it turns out like we are currently. When the team doesn't do good in a couple seasons, we'll see how that does. But I agree. The fair weather fans. Yeah. We I mean that's and you're gonna have a bigger stadium to fill now. Will that will it roll over like okay there's gonna be that much more interest that they'll fill that many more seats but if there's just the same interest as it is now and we go into a bigger league I mean everything will change man if you get yeah, MOS yeah, exactly. everything will change for. there's That's the hopeful and there's the hopeful optimism Seattle Sounders weren't selling 35,000 tickets when they were playing in the NASL and then the USL or whatever yeah, the, whatever they they, the they're selling 35,000 every single game well, and so. Sacramento does have the potential to be a big market like that if it's done right if we move over and we're not FCCC and FCC in the first freaking season and just lose everything and even then I mean even then they sell they just suck but can we we have San Jose so close are we going to be able to convert some of the maybe the San Jose fans over to Sacramento I don't think we have very many San Jose fans in Sacramento well I bet you they're coming around now if they're winning so I mean I don't think it'll be too arbitrary I think we're far enough away it's a different media market yeah I think it's I think it's a different I think it'll be okay I don't think that yeah I think we do need to go and have some strong seasons to really build a fan base and to hold that fan base though for me here in the Sacramento market 
we like we see right now in USL, we've never even had. We, we sell out games when we're doing good, yeah. but then when it gets bad, it dies out real hard. Yeah. So we have to overcome that in MLS, I think, for a key one. It's very possible. I think we could do it with know, the market we're in. The Kings in, have been terrible forever, and they've up? been they've Absolutely. been one of the most supported, even in the even in the real lean years of 20 wins. That's all we have. That's all I mean, look. Kings fans are notorious in the NBA for being diehard fans. Like, everyone knows, like, like man, the Kings fans deserve a good team. And I think Sacramento has such a good, like, sporting community. Absolutely. And the youth that are into sports in this community in Sacramento, not just soccer, but baseball. I mean, you look at the Rivercats. The Rivercats sell so well for a AAA baseball team. They're like the model franchise for a AAA baseball team. Kings are that model franchise for an NBA for support. Yeah. You you put a soccer team here in a community that's that lives and breathes the game. I, I think it's going to be fantastic. That's opposite man. season still. When the Kings are, they won't fish in. Oh yeah. The overlap for like a couple months if we're in the playoffs or whatever. I expect so. a, a, I expect what Tim what Portland has. Portland has a basketball team yep. and a soccer yep. team, and there they both go. sell really really well. They're and we're very similar demographic. You know, even in fact, we probably have a demographic that goes towards soccer a little bit more. So, I, man, it's going to be absolutely epic. Nobody needs to worry about anything. We just need to get the franchise, and everything will be great. I promise. Well, as fans, I think we have to hope we get it. I think we have to want to be in the best league. Absolutely. I think we have to keep positive, like you, you said. In the fact that we're <laughs> yeah, the fact we're going to come in and we're going to be a good team. They probably won't be in the league. Yeah, they'll be gone. <laughs> but, but, but Vela, we want to see. We saw Vela in the. Friendly. Yeah. We want to see Vela. We want to see. We want to see Nanny. We want to see the best, man. Well, let's be optimistic out there. I know there's, like you said, a lot of people that are burned. But even your your most, you know, optimistic fan has to be happy when it comes, and we have to just like celebrate it and hope to God that everything goes right and we build a great team here in Sacramento. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna end this video here. Uh, a lot to talk about. We'll come back at you. I think we're on. We have a midweek game again next week, right? Yep, we do. We do. So it's a home game. We won't be back with the podcast for a couple weeks, so stay tuned. We'll have some filler in videos on Facebook and Instagram out there. With the Old Glory Red report on Instagram and or on Facebook, Old Glory Red on Instagram and Twitter. Check us out on YouTube. Thumbs up, like, subscribe. We appreciate it. Till next time. Thanks, guys.